Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Thank you very much, uh, Liz, Prof. Liz. Uh, we are blessing to us in many ways. May God continue to bless you. Yes, I thought I should add that uh, before I start. So, members, you're all welcome. And uh, I know uh, it's a Sunday. You've possibly been at church. You've possibly been uh, through a sermon or many other things. Uh, but yet, the Lord, in his ways, he continues to speak to us. He continues to, to draw us to himself, especially in a closer in a closer way, because we are not many right now, but he still has something he would want to communicate to us uh, in that close range. And so I pray that uh, in one hour or so that we'll have, that you know you will hear his spirit uh, 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 speak to you in a clearer way at a personal close range, as if it were. Uh, with his disciples, we're actually 12, uh, unless other people join in. But right now I see 12, uh, 12 people. <laughs> so it's it's more like a closer fellowship with uh, our master. And uh, uh, my name is Peter. I possibly believe uh, many that are on the call would, uh, I would not be new to them. But yes, I'm a member of All Saints Cathedral and it's a joy for me to be sharing. So our topic is Arise and Behold the Glory. Arise and Behold the Glory. Which reminds me uh, an overnight series that we used to run that we had uh, named Behold the Glory. <laughs> there were monthly overnights, Behold the Glory overnights. And uh, there were great times of refreshing, great times. And indeed the Lord is doing a lot more uh, even in the new uh, monthly nights that we now have at the cathedral. But I believe that that foundation uh, uh, kind of gave us a base that, you know, we are now building onto. So arise and behold the glory is our theme. And uh, those of you that have been uh, following, you know that uh, in this month, uh, a lot has been shared regarding the glory, the glory of God, the glory of God from different angles. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5, which is our, our reference verse uh, in, in New Living Translation, it says, Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Yes, that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. Hallelujah. What a prophetic word. And uh, of course, if you read a few verses before, uh, maybe starting from verse 1, Isaiah 40, verse 1, it says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her, that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and leave the mountains 
fill in the valleys and, and level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves and smooth out the rough edges. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. That is verse 5. I'll stop at verse 5. Powerful prophecy by Isaiah. Uh, a bit of theology on this portion indicates that, uh, yes, Isaiah's prophecy that someone would make a highway for the Lord was fulfilled in John, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And so in a way, that the theology of it in this context is that this prophecy was fulfilled uh, through Jesus Christ, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, but also, you read in John chapter 1, verse 14, that says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So, in one context, when we talk about this glory, we talk about uh, the glory of Jesus. We talk about Jesus as a savior, as a Messiah, as the one who has come to us, that everyone will see and indeed see the glory of the Lord in Christ. That is in one context, in a, you know, in a theological approach. Uh, I will not dwell much on that uh, because... I mean, it, it brings out the, the issues uh, in a perfect way. But I want, uh, I want to call, like indeed the topic has, uh, uh, is, is, is saying, I, I want to appeal to us. I want to summon us. I want to rally us. I want to raise my voice and call out and say, arise and behold the glory of the Lord. Arise at such a time as this. Uh, as a fellowship, as all saints, as believers, as people who are who have been, uh, you know, praying for all saints and asking the Lord over different matters, that this is the time when we ought to arise and indeed uh, behold that glory, that glory over over uh, our church. But uh, in the context, you know, God speaks to us differently, and uh, for me, the way He brought this out for me. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, God would mainly show his glory, his majesty, his power, his authority in, in battle, in war, in the front line. You know, you read several wars, several confrontations. The children of Israel would engage with the you know, Philistines, with other tribes. And in there, the Lord would show himself strong. The Lord would give them victory. So I am going to share the glory of the Lord. Behold the glory of the Lord in the context of war, in the context of a battlefront, a frontline, a frontline experience. That is when you see the glory of the Lord. I know many of those that have shared before me have done a great job. And uh, it's tempting to look at the glory of the Lord in terms of... Uh, you know, colors and, and fireworks and the splendor and, you know, the decorative aspect of what he can do and what he, you know, it's tempting to look at the glory in that way. 
But I, I want to draw your attention to this glory of God. Arise and see the glory of God in terms of war, in terms of the enemies of the kingdom, the confrontation between uh, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the enemy, the confrontation that happens in deliverance, the confrontation that happens when there is rebellion, the confrontation between the, 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 those who are interceding for good and those who are opposed to them. Come, see the glory, see the confrontation that happens and how the Lord demonstrates or shows his power amidst that kind of exchange. So welcome with me to a battlefront. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Welcome. Come with me. We go to, to, to a front line right now. And there are several contexts in the in the Old Testament uh, where the you know it's a frontline experience, it is a confrontational experience, it is a life and death uh, experience, and then the Lord comes through powerfully and mighty. And the first one I would want to share with us is uh, you possibly all remember the children of Israel. The children of Israel, uh, Moses is leading them from Egypt and they have reached the Red Sea and the Lord has miraculously caused them to cross the Red Sea. They were so worried because uh, Pharaoh and his chariots were pursuing them. The Egyptians were on their hills, so to say. And so we know the story and how uh, the Egyptians and their chariots drowned up in that sea as the children of Israel crossed uh, to the other end. I, I will not go into the details of that, but I want to, to bring your mind now to that experience after the enemies, their enemies have drowned up in, this, in the sea while the Israelites are on the other side, safe, secure, and they have seen what the Lord has done. They have experienced the glory, the power, the authority, the majesty. Oh, oh hallelujah. Now, please join with me uh, in uh, Exodus chapter 15. There's a powerful recount there. Uh, Exodus chapter 15, if you will turn right there. There is a, a, a song. There is a moment that is captured in a song, in a song form. And it brings out the glory of the Lord in a very unique way. So, verse, uh, verse 1 in uh, Exodus chapter 15, it says, you know, they have crossed now. They have crossed, their enemies have drowned and with their chariots. Verse 1 says, then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Listen to this song. Uh, how I wish I had a tune to this song. But these are the words of the song. It says, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God. I will praise him, my father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. Hallelujah. 
How I wish we had a tune to this song. This would be a powerful song to sing. It continues, uh, verse 4. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters gushed over them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Oh, hallelujah. Then verse 6 says, your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, smashed the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrew those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. It consumes them like straw. Hallelujah. Oh, oh. Uh, I think the flames should compose a song because this is a powerful song. This is a powerful song. So you see an experience in the camp because they have seen what the Lord can do. The other words to say they have they be, they have beheld the glory. They have seen the glory of the Lord. They have seen the power what the Lord can do amidst confrontation, amidst the situation of life and death. They have seen the Lord deliver them, and they could only burst into a song. Hallelujah! This song is powerful. That your right hand, O oh Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O oh Lord, smashes the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. It consumes them like straw. Hallelujah. Maybe I, I should pause at this point here. I should pause. Uh, because sometimes we want to see the glory of the Lord in the comfort of our living room or in the comfort of our pews. So I was telling you about this song, this song uh, uh, that was being sung by Moses and the children of Israel and the excitement that they had after seeing what the Lord had done right there at the Red Sea. And uh, I was, I was uh, you know, putting a, a footnote there that sometimes uh, even as church people, we want to, the glory of the Lord to find us in our comfort. We want the glory of the Lord to find us in our living room, you know, over TV. We want the glory of the Lord to find us in our, uh, our best pew at church, you know, and just to see the glory of the Lord as we recline. But I have noticed, I don't know, I have noticed the glory of the Lord does not come at that level of comfort. It comes in an atmosphere of, of being in the field. It comes in an atmosphere of engaging, engaging with the enemy. It comes in an atmosphere where uh, the, the, the enemy puts up as if resistance and the Lord comes in might and in power and shows his, oh, hallelujah. He thunders. Huh? He thunders and there's action right there and the person is delivered and the person is healed and, and what the enemy had worked out as a scheme to destroy, the Lord overturns it. And so this is what is happening here. The children of Israel, very scared, very worried. They are wondering when the Pharaoh and his men catch up with us, what will happen? Won't they slaughter us? and see how the Lord swings into action and, 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 and delivers them. And so they sing this song. Uh, it's, a, it's a rich song. 
in any, actually, when you read, uh, for example, verse 11, verse 11 of that song, they say, who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, <laughs> awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. You raised your, your right hand and the earth swallowed our enemies. Oh, hallelujah. You guys, glory, glory does not come like fireworks. Glory comes when the Lord swings into action and there's victory. And there is a sense in which you don't even need to be told what to pray about. No, you see how people are expressing themselves here. They are saying, who is like you among the gods? Oh, Lord, glorious in holiness. Awesome in splendor. Performing great wonders. You raised your right hand and the earth swallowed our enemies. That is verse 11 of, uh, of uh, the book of Exodus chapter 15. Hallelujah. And uh, when you read on, for example, verse 14, it says, uh, the peoples hear and tremble. Anguish grips those who live in, Phyllis in Phyllisia. The leaders of Edom are terrified. Now, they are talking about other places that will hear about what the Lord has done right here. They say, the leaders of Edom are terrified. The nobles of Moab, the nobles of Moab uh, tremble and, and uh, who live in Canaan melt away. Terror and dread fall upon them. The power of your arm makes them lifeless as stone until your people pass, O oh Lord. Powerful, very pro uh, poetic song. I don't know, some of you might enjoy poetry, but it's so poetic, it's so, it, it just describes the state in which they were in as they celebrated the victory that the Lord had brought over them. There is something I couldn't miss. You know, among them, among the people who are celebrating was a lady, uh, Miriam. Miriam uh, is a prophet, is Aaron's sister. So verse 20 says, then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine, a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang this song, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. Oh, it, it just warms up your spirit. It warms up your heart you begin to see uh, the glory, the power of God at work, the wonders of the Lord amongst his people. And uh, this, this kind of experience, like I mentioned earlier, will not find us in, in, in the comfort of our zones. It will find us on the mission field. It will find us on, uh, on, on, on some uh, uh, you know, deliverance session. It will find us in action. It will not find us, um, oh, hallelujah, oh, God help us. But the Lord is calling upon us to say, arise, arise, and see, behold the glory. It will not find you uh, in the wrong place. It will find you in the field. The other experience that uh, I, I, I would want to relate with, where the glory of the Lord was so evident, 
in the battlefield uh, is, is, is uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 18. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, uh, verse 6 to 9, it is recorded the portion. Again, the background here is that uh, David has just cut off Goliath's head. We all know that story because Goliath had defied the armies of Israel, had challenged them, the giant, and he had uh, made, you know, ridiculed them and made uh, 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 himself seem like uh, uh, untouchable until David came onto the scene. We know the story and how he used that stone and how he cut off his head and how all of a sudden there was celebration in the in in uh, in the camp of Israel. But something is recorded uh, in verse six of First uh, Samuel chapter eighteen. In verse six, which I I, I wanted to bring out. It says, when the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Oh, hallelujah. The glory of the Lord. This was their song. They sang like this, that Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Hallelujah. Oh, these women, these women almost caused a problem for David. But like we saw in the other scenario where they crossed the Red Sea and indeed uh, Miriam was singing and uh, the different words that they used to honor the Lord. Now, even here, the women are singing, are pouring praise uh, on David because he has dealt with the giant that has tormented them for long. Hallelujah. And, and verse 8 says, this made Saul very angry. And he says, what is this? He said, they credit David with 10,000 and me with only thousands. Okay. Next, they will be making him king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The point I'm picking out here is the joy that filled the camp when David dealt, dealt a, a big blow, when, dealt, when David got rid of Goliath, the joy that filled the hearts of these women, and they sang and danced again with tambourines and cymbals. What a joy the glory of the Lord among his people. Now, of course, you see later on when David, when David is, uh, is receiving gifts for the temple, way later, in, uh, you'll find this in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Because David understood this, he understood the glory of the Lord. He understood that he did not have to, to take that glory and I know uh, people before me have shared, um, I think it was David that shared elaborately about how God would not share his glory with, with, with any other, how God would not share uh, his glory with man. And so David understood this. And indeed, uh, years later, when he's praying over the gifts 
for building the temple, he prays a prayer. You know, you'd think he, he would, uh, you know, thump his chest and say, I made it, I did it, I am powerful, I am, you know, but he returns the glory to God. He says, then, uh, this is what it says in, uh, I am now reading First uh, Chronicles chapter 29 from verse 10. I read up to 14. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10. It says, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. Oh Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. And then he, he, he puts himself in the right place. He does not want to seem like he's exalting himself. Verse 14, he says, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave us. Hallelujah. See, see the, in, an individual that has understood the power of God, the glory of the Lord, when it comes into the camp, when the glory of the, of the Lord descends over our people, when the glory of the Lord causes victory, when the glory of the Lord causes promotion, when the glory of the Lord causes victory over our enemies, when the glory of the Lord promotes us and lifts us and causes our ministry to flourish, when the glory of the Lord descends over a church and many multitudes are turning to the Lord, when the glory of the Lord comes upon us and our families and every side we see the goodness of the Lord. Oh, what must we say? How must we respond? Must we thump our chests and say, yes, we are powerful? Must we, you know, in any way claim any, any glory? Not at all. Not David. Not David. But let's move on. So, I am talking about the glory of the Lord being revealed at the war front. I'm talking about the, 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 the glory of the Lord being revealed at a confrontational front line between the works of darkness and the light of the Lord. Uh, I, I, the other example I could quickly get is, uh, is what happened with prophet Elijah. You're possibly all familiar with this uh, 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 this story and this experience in First Kings chapter 18. So we will read First Kings chapter 18. I'll pick a few verses from verse 20. First Kings chapter 18. I will pick it up from verse 20. So we know the background to this, but now I'm describing the confrontation between. Uh, prophet Elijah and the prophets of Baal, a confrontational experience, a confrontational encounter where the Lord again showed his power and his glory 
amongst his people. And, uh, and this is our theme, that we arise and we see such happen within our generation, within our time. So verse 21 says, uh, then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver? Hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. This is a New Living Translation. And we read on that Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Now, bring two bulls. The, the prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar. You know the story. I'm just uh, reviewing it for our memory. So fast forward. Fast forward, uh, uh, verse 27. About noon time, Elijah began mocking them. Elijah began mocking them. And uh, this is what he says. <laughs> he says, you will have to shout louder. He scoffed, for surely he is a god. Perhaps he's daydreaming or is relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They, they revved all after afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sound, no reply, no response, the prophets of Baal. <laughs> then verse 30 says, then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him and he repaired the altar of the Lord. Fast forward, uh, uh, because I know this is a familiar text that many of you will know. So on verse 36, yes, at the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I think this is a good evening sacrifice time. At the usual time of offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O oh Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O oh Lord, answer me, answer me, so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back yourself what is Elijah is simply saying show your glory <laughs> he's saying Lord like uh, uh, the Uganda speakers would say he's saying God please show your glory in this matter show up let me not you know just use words and bubble words and look like I'm a madman no show up hallelujah and verse 36, see what verse 36 says. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even leaked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, 
they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. See, the power, the power of the glory of the, I am waiting, I am praying, Lord, that this will happen in my time at the cathedral. <laughs> oh, yes. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, Oh, Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord, he is God. That I will see people speaking uncoordinated words because of what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. That they, uh, the power of the Lord will descend so powerfully and they will begin to say things they had not even planned to say. So I, 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 I wanted us to see this experience of the glory, the power of the Lord coming uh, uh, as if the heavens are communing with the earth. The power of God is descending down amongst his people to show the power of God, the glory of God. And that's what the Lord is, is beseeching and calling us to see. He saying, come for an overnight. Come for midweek. Come for whichever other program the Lord has, has given us at the cathedral. He's saying, come, come see what the Lord is doing. I had someone say, you know what? He's, he's best at all sense. He works at all sense. And he said, you know, this place now is like a hospital. <laughs> he said, this place is like a hospital. People have issues. He, he has witnessed delivery sessions that happen at all sense. And he remarked and said, oh, you people, this place now is like a hospital. Hallelujah. So this is the glory that the Lord is calling us to witness. But now there, are, there, there is another scenario because I don't want to be one-sided. I don't want to be one-sided. I will draw your attention to what is recorded in First Samuel chapter 4. In 1 Samuel chapter 4 is recorded a very unfortunate incident. This unfortunate incident uh, could have been avoided, but I think there was a bit of laxity. If, if, you, if you speak in a military way, I think the, the commanders <laughs> underestimated the threat. Because we read in First Samuel chapter 4, if you start from uh, verse 1, it says, At that time, at that time, Israel was at war with the Philistines. The Israelite army was camped near Ebenezer, and the Philistines were at Apic. The Philistines attacked and defeated the army of Israel, killing 4,000 men. Verse 3 says, after the battle was over, the troops retreated to their camp, and the elders of Israel asked, why did the Lord allow us to be defeated by the Philistines? Then they said, let's bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh. If we carry it into the battle with us, it will save us from our enemies. So they thought, eh? that's my own addition. So they went ahead, got the ark, fast forward uh, in verse 
verse 10. Verse 10 says, when now the Philistines learned that uh, the Israelites had brought the ark of the Lord into the camp and there was a lot of excitement, verse 10 says, so the Philistines fought desperately. Yeah? The enemies, the Philistines fought desperately and Israel was defeated again. The slaughter was great. 30,000 Israelite soldiers died that day. The survivors turned and fled to their tents. The ark of God was captured and Hophin and Phinehas, the, the two sons of Eli, were killed. Oh, previously we saw cases where the Lord came in, came through in battle, in a confrontation, and he delivered his people powerfully. Mm -hmm. Now we are seeing a scenario here where it is the opposite. It is the opposite. We are talking about the glory of God, beholding the glory of God at the front line. Verse 12 says, uh, just a minute. Uh, verse 12 says, uh, a man from the tribe of Benjamin ran from the battlefield and arrived at Shiloh later that same day. He had, he had torn his clothes and put dust on his head to show his grief. Eli was waiting beside the road to hear the news of the battle, for his heart trembled for the safety of the ark of God. When the messenger arrived and told what had happened, an outcry resounded throughout the town. Oh, not so good news here. An outcry resounded throughout the town. Now, this is the opposite of the glory of God. Verse 14 says, what is all the noise about? Eli asked. The messenger rushed over to Eli who was 98 years old and blind, he said to Eli, I have just come from the battlefield. I was there this very day. What happened, my son? Eli demanded. And, uh, hallelujah. Uh, when you, verse 17, the reply now to, to Eli, they said, Israel, has been defeated by the Philistines. The messenger replied, the people have been slaughtered and your two sons, Ophin and Phinehas, were also killed and the ark of God has been captured. When the messenger mentioned what had happened to the ark of God, Eli fell backward from his seat beside the gate. He broke his neck and died for he was old and overweight. He had been Israel's judge for 40 years. Eli's daughter-in-law, verse 19, the wife of Phinehas was pregnant and near her time of delivery. When she heard that the ark of God has been captured and that her father-in-law and husband were dead, 
She went into labor and gave birth. She died in childbirth. But before she passed away, the midwives tried to encourage her. Don't be afraid, they said. You have a baby boy. But she did not answer or pay attention to them. She named the child Ichabod, which means, where is the glory? For she said, Israel's glory is God. She named him this because the ark of God had been captured and because her father-in-law and husband were dead. Verse 22, then she said, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. I didn't want to end on a sad note, but I wanted to balance the aspect of the fact that when the glory of the Lord comes into a camp, you see victory. But when the glory of the Lord departs from the camp, you see this kind of misery. Yes, the glory of the Lord can descend over a family. The glory of the Lord can descend over your family and you would see victory after victory on your family. You would see increase upon increase over your family. You will see great things. Actually, the Bible records that when the ark of the Lord was kept at Obed-Edom, there was such a blessing in that place. The glory of the Lord can descend over a church and you see flourishing ministry. The glory of the Lord can descend over your workplace and you see promotions, you see salary increments, you see favors, you see so many things. The glory of the Lord can descend over you and you see, you know, unprecedented victories. But the glory of the Lord can depart. The glory of the Lord can depart from a family. Yes. Mainly out of, out of a lack of the fear of the Lord or out of sin or out of any form of, you know, things or actions or cultural or whatever things are being done that the Lord cannot stand with. The glory of the Lord can depart from a fellowship. The glory of the Lord can depart from a ministry. The glory of the Lord, oh, Jesus of Nazareth. Yes, but this evening, I feel like the Lord is summoning us and saying, arise, arise, declare. I want you to see the glory, my glory. I want to see, I want you to see my glory over your family. Yes, I want you to restore it. I want you to, to oh, oh, Jesus. I want you to call back that, that, for lack of a better word, that tabernacle glory over your family. Arise and declare the glory of the Lord in your own life, in your own life. And uh, we are not many on this call. We are just uh, short by one to be 20. He's saying, arise, declare the glory of the Lord over your own life, over your own family, over your own children. The glory of the Lord. When was the last time you, see the you saw the glory of the Lord over your family? Which function was it? 
What ceremony was it? What jubilation was it? Was it a funeral? Was it a wedding? Was it a graduation? What was it? Which glory do you remember over your, how many years now? When was the last time the glory of a graduation was celebrated in your circles? When was the last time the glory of victory, victory over your enemies? When was the last time there was a jubilation in your home because of what the Lord has done? Or has it been misery after misery? Has it been Ichabod? When was the last time all saints celebrated and said, oh, see what the Lord has done. I love that song. And I, I know Reverend Jafu loves that song too. But how I wish that song could be accompanied, oh, Shikayaba Masata, with the glory of the Lord. Yes, we sing it in thanksgiving and rightfully so. How I pray that indeed we will behold what the Lord has done. When was the last time we celebrated the glory of promotion, the glory, the glory of promotion? When was the last time? Or do you think it only belongs to other people and not you? Promotion, you are entitled. The glory of the Lord can restore promotion. Hallelujah. I want to I want to end on this note, and uh, and uh, I I don't know I don't know, but we will need to speak into this. When when was the last time you saw the hand of the Lord bring glory into your camp? When did it last happen? When did it last happen, Father? In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this evening hour. We thank you, O oh Lord God, that in this one hour. You have challenged us to arise. Yes, to arise, to declare over our lives, to declare over our families, to declare over workplaces, your glory, your glory that brings victory, your glory that causes us to defeat our enemies, your glory that puts the enemy under our feet, your glory, hallelujah, your glory that brings celebration, the, your glory that causes us to sing a song like Miriam and the children of Israel, the glory that causes the women to sing with dancing and the tambourine, like when David chopped off the neck of that giant Goliath. Oh, hallelujah. The celebration of women dancing because you have done great wonders amongst us. Your glory. Lord, we desire to see that glory. The glory that comes with healing the glory that comes with deliverance, the glory that comes with people turning to Jesus and giving their lives to the Lord, the glory, oh my God, a song of worship, a song of praise, a song of jubilation, a song of, oh, a dance of, oh, hallelujah, the unrehearsed dance, the unrehearsed dance of jubilation amongst your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for any among those listening to me who are tired and are weary and they have possibly thought there is no more chance that the glory of the Lord will visit their family or will visit them. Lord, I pray that in this evening 
it will be clear to them that it's never late for you, that you have capacity to cause your glory to shine upon them. Hallelujah. Oh, we shall arise and see your power at All Saints Cathedral. We shall arise and see your wonders in our generation. We bless you, Lord. We give you honor. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. 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 Amen.